I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hello. (laughs) Hi, what's up? I just noticed that like so often I'm like, hey, Lacey. And, you know, it is 9 p.m. I do feel like I've been put through a literal ringer, but that's okay because I'm always happy to talk to you. I'm so glad you say that because today, today really should have been like a nothing day, but we were awoken at like 7.50 with a tornado warning while we were on vacation. Um, A three and a half hour drive took a five and a half hours. My children are just like up and down all during the night and I am whipped. Like I shouldn't be complaining because I've been on vacation, but I am feeling. There's, (laughs) I told you, I told you I've been obsessed with the Bo Burnham special inside and there's <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it there's a song it's like how y'all doing tonight he's like I am not feeling good <laughs> all day long <laughs> that is what is playing in my brain although yeah. we had a great day I'm just like no that's, <laughs> that's what I'm sorry for anyone that listens to this podcast like regularly because it sounds like a big complaint. <laughs> like the day can be amazing, but by the end of the day, it's just like I am checked out like mm-hmm. in almost every sense of the words. I just need that's whenever I like turn on my headphones, crank up a book and I clean and I basically like have no interaction with anybody except for Graham and that's it. So yep. I just need like low level stimulus for the most part at this time of the day but we're gonna have such a fun podcast because we're talking about such a fun age by kylie reed and well yeah good i know (laughs) this is actually i am so excited to talk about this book i always am excited to talk about this one was a quick one it was there were twists and turns i didn't expect there's like some heavy-handed stuff there's like some lot funny things so let's get into it this book delivered honey i was happy about this all right do you want me to yeah tell us what it's about Okay, so um, we have Amira. Amira is a 25-year-old. She has not really found a place in life. She's graduated. She kind of works a um, part-time job typing, and she ends up picking up a babysitting gig. Um, she kind of infrequently goes into the Chamberlain household. The Chamberlains are made up of Peter, who is a um, news anchor, and his wife, whose name is Alix who is a um, author slash... I would almost call her an influencer. She's like a prototypical like blogger, speaker, influencer. I was going to say mom boss was my next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that t- Yeah, mom or girl boss, whatever. Um, they end up having an interesting relationship that deals a lot to do with um, the fact that Amira is black and the Chamberlains are white. They have a encounter where the daughter is with Amira late at night and she's not really dressed. Um, she was going out with friends. So anyway, she just gets stopped and it just kind of spawns this big, huge thing with race and with how, multiple people that are not people of color 
go and talk to Amira about it and just, I don't know, kind of about Amira trying to reach her own potential. Yeah, and that makes it sound a lot heavier than it is. So I would say a crux of this book is that Alix actually becomes like just has like a huge girl crush on Amira, especially after this thing happens with their daughter, Briar. And it's like she becomes obsessed with making Amira like her and like being involved in Amira's life because I feel like she she almost feels like she is owed it in a way and we'll get into all that later but I felt like this book was it it almost had the plot of like if you just wrote down the plot you know in a couple of words and you took out the race relation stuff it would almost be like a Christina Lauren book like it could be that kind of light like high jinky romance thing but the writing is so on point and the relationship between like babysitter and uh mom is so interesting that I don't know it just really elevates it and I loved every second of it no me too so are you ready to jump into ratings yeah I would give this five stars Awesome. So I was thinking maybe a more of like a four and a half, but I will say maybe that was because of the narrator who, uh, I guess jumping into, should you read it? Should you listen to it? I was not as crazy about the narrator. I've had her uh, listen to her once before for Space Between Worlds. And I find like her, her female characters fine. And she, she voices Briar, the child. And at first I thought it was weird, but then the more that I lit like, when you listen to what Briar's interests are, she's such a strange child that she, it kind of fits. <laughs> but like, I just did not really care for her for like the, the main um, male character is Kelly. And I just yeah. could not believe it. I was just like, eh. so maybe there's a five star for me, I guess, but it, it didn't bother me. And, and I'll say like, it's a five star for what it is. I just loved the book because it, I was so entertained from, you know the first second and that to me is like a five-star ranking um the narration didn't bother me but I mean this is a book that I I mean I finished it real quick just listening to it so I would have whipped through this thing if I had it in my hands I did love so there's also like a really fun gaggle of Amira and her like three besties and they're together a lot in the book and I will say as she voiced those it was very on point for me very just like yeah like a a lot of like the guttural sounds that she was hitting did crack me (laughs) up so it was good I loved hearing her girlfriends I loved hearing how she makes Amira code switch a little bit of like how she'll talk to her employers versus how she talks to her friends and I also appreciated in the narration there's some strange not strange names when I say strange I mean like Alix is her boss the girl's name is Alexandra and she changes her name to Alex with an I and then makes everybody pronounce it Alix which is the stupidest name on the planet but anyway I think I would have struggled with that a little bit if I was reading it and then there's some other names um that I just appreciated her saying them even Amira's name is spelled with an e and yeah so I'm looking at it right now 
And I didn't even realize that, but it's pronounced Amira. So um, that was helpful, obviously, with the narration. Right. I'm trying to say, are we skipping? I'm ready to talk about this. Are we skipping anything? Let's see. Ready I don't to go think in? So we're not as long winded this today with our preamble, but yeah, let's just You're like <laughs> let's dive in. Well, the book is so good, and you okay? So jumping into spoilers, it and I guess before I thought A L I X, I thought that was her name, and then she just changed the pronunciation. Well, like, th- that is literally like the last thing it says in the book, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Did I miss this? Well, it even it says on the Wikipedia, formerly Alex Murphy with an E. And I'm just assuming because Kelly calls her Alex and like makes a point to continue calling her Alex that it was definitely just plain old Alex. Okay. Um, Well, I knew she switched it over. I the so the like mom socialite, rich women, like mm -hmm. all gathering for brunch and like the, the level of spot on for me and what I'm thinking of like um, uh, Real Housewives was I it just was so completely perfect to me where it's like there's one person of color in there. They're all like high powered women. They're all super wealthy. They all like trade off between like meeting at each other's homes and like holidays and stuff. And I just was like, this is absolutely believable to me. Like, oh, yeah, this is completely right. Alix has this whole like bourgeoisie vibe where she you can tell she really like pats herself on the back that like one of her friends is Asian and one of her friends is black and she has at one point she's like counting up she's like I have five African Americans at my Thanksgiving dinner and like how cool am I Um, so that's really (laughs) it's just like it's so perfect of this neoliberalism. I don't know. It was great. Well, it's like, they, so there actually are a reasonable, like, good amount of characters. And so, but the two girl gangs, Amira's gang and then mm-hmm. Alix's, are so, like, exactly what I'm imagining. So, you know, while they're off to brunch, all the moms, and they're constantly, like, talking about their kids or whatever. It's like the rest of them, they're all, like, just hanging out. And, like, even just, like, the way they were communicating with one another. Um, and, like, everybody, like, running off to, like, buy shots and stuff. I'm like, this is definitely what I think of. And I think of, like, a bunch of... 25-year-old women living in the city, not tied down to anything, like, just hanging out and be like, hey, can I get what's, like, can I borrow something from your closet? Like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Right. Maybe let's go through kind of the main three characters, and then we'll try and talk about the little, you know, the plot points and how they interweave. And I think we should start with Alix, because she's the mom of two children. Um. But she has recently moved to Philadelphia, which is where this book is set from New York City. And she actually like goes to great lengths to like cover that up that she's still online. It still looks like she's in New York, but really she's in Philly. And I, 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 it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I'm reading it and Kylie Reed does a great job of not, no one is like the worst villain of all time in this book. Like, everyone's got shades of gray in a in a big way um even amira sometimes because amira is kind of like a like a non-starter like you said like she's not lazy but she just has no idea what she's doing um and certain people i'm sure would not agree with how she handles her life and like things that happen to her 
But at the end of the day, it's like her life, right? So she gets to decide for herself. But Alique's specifically, I had a moment where I'm like, oh, like I actually do identify with this dumb dumb. Oh, and she was talking about like she's got a babysitter for her two year old that comes like three days a week while she's supposed to be working. And then she's got this like new little baby that's just like the perfect baby. And she just totes the baby around. But she finds herself instead of working on her book or working on her social media or whatever, you know, going shopping and going out for coffee and um, going to the gym and like kind of letting herself indulge a little bit instead of doing real work and as someone who works from home and like I have a babysitter that comes three times a week and 99% of the time I actually am working but there is definitely a temptation to just like be like I deserve this and like kind of check out a little bit um I don't know if that makes sense. Like, honestly, I, who am, who, who am, <laughs> who does not <laughs> work whenever I have a sitter is, I feel that way where I'm like, I'm literally paying this person so that I can do a chore or a task yeah. that I can't otherwise do. And I still find myself being like, okay, you need to do what you said you were going to do. <laughs> I just had this conversation with my husband. He got home and he got home so late today. And I'm like, I just, do you ever just, do you ever accomplish so much during a day, but feel like somehow you've <laughs> done nothing? I don't know that you accomplished nothing. And I, I mean, I have tangible things that I did today that I should be proud of, but I'm just like, but there's just, there's just no peace. And he's like, Kippen, if you get like a couple of hours to yourself, you just end up like cleaning out a closet or something. And I'm like, I understand that. I, like, maybe I'm the opposite where I like, I don't know how to indulge as much as maybe a leaks does. But anyway, it's just interesting how our brains work. I, um, my top note that I wrote down and again, I kind of already talked about it, but there's, um, pretty early on, there's a phone call between all the moms and it's, they're really trying to, inspire a leaks to kind of like get some fire up underneath her <laughs> my top note is every couple of seconds there is a person that's like prudence honey stop what you're doing no take your hands out of your mouth let's go wash your hands or whatever and then jump back into conversation and i was like is anything more relatable i, I have know. never we have never we have never recorded on this podcast, I don't think, without like something going on behind us. And I'm definitely like trying to mute my end of the phone, like texting Graham, like, please, like go get the baby or or like please can you just make sure that the door is shut or something. So I was like, this is I don't know if Tally reads the mom. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look this up the second that we're done, but No, she, she did a great a lot of points. Yeah, she did. And uh, like again, then there's like this whole thing where Alix and Amira have this relationship where you can tell that for Amira, this is just a job. And Alix pretty much pays her no attention until this thing happens with her in a grocery store. So basically, her husband says something vaguely racist on TV. And so somebody comes and eggs their house and she calls her babysitter 
Amira to come take her three-year-old to get her out of the house while the police come, which is like a next level privilege thing where I'm like, Cannot just relate. Right. Just put her in her bed. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, she panics, doesn't know what to do. So Amira takes her to the grocery store where they are accosted by like a mall cop type guy who's like, where'd you steal that kid from that whole scene was so uncomfortable because it wasn't i mean it was upsetting but it was like so not unbelievable i mean i'm like i bet this flipping happens all the time no i thought the exact same thing and part of it too they tried they tried to lend and i did appreciate this you tried to lend a level of like like amira had had like a drink and Mm -hmm. she was wearing like you know, just clothes that she wouldn't normally wear, but she had, you right. know, already, she told the mom this, and the mom was like, I don't, honestly, I do not care as long as you will come and like take. So that she tried to write it kind of like where, you know, the people are like, okay, this is a little weird. It's 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I, I, you know, I smell a little alcohol on you. Like this child is like clearly not your child. But yeah, Briar, the little girl, was never upset or there was no like cues other than. They do not physically like look like one another. Right. I know I have, um, I, I follow a lot of like families uh, that are like interracial and that I've read things where they'll talk about like, you know, we, they've had the cops called on them because the, you know, they have a child that's of a totally different race. And they'll, you know, I guess people that don't know them are like, oh, like this seems a little suspicious. And so they have to like send, you know, a cop out and kind of like, okay, like, is this your child or what's going on here? And it's like, how absolutely insane. Right, and, and then you have scary. a classic, yeah, a classic Karen that like kind of instigates the whole thing in the first place because Amira and her friend are kind of dancing with Briar in a in an aisle. Meanwhile, Kelly, the third most important character, Kelly Copeland, this random guy walks up and he pulls out his phone and he's basically recording the whole thing. And he, and I she mean, does he's, not want him to either. She's no much like put it away like I, I don't right want this. and he's like oh you're gonna want this you need this as proof kind of thing like i'm on your right. side so this book came out in 2019 but it's set in 2015 which i do think is a is a big you know distinction and actually it came out very end of 2019 so it's not quite the same climate maybe as we have now. Like maybe Amira now would be like, yeah, keep recording because I'm going to want that. But that's actually a really interesting aspect of Amira's personality to me is that not only did she not want anyone to see that recording, but she like doesn't really want any vengeance against the grocery store cop against the grocery store itself like she just wants it to end and she just wants to go home and she wants it that to be that she throughout the book is one of the most passive i one of my notes i wrote down it actually drove me a little bit crazy is that it didn't matter who was speaking a lot of times it could be Alix, it could be kelly Mm -hmm. and she was like okay 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 and i'm like honey i need you to have a little more motion than this and i mean like Obviously, there are people that are like that, but mm-hmm. for me, who can be a lot more animated, I was very much like, oh my goodness. Well, I, t- I texted you that to me, she was like 
the prototypical unhealthy Enneagram nine, where it was like, I will do anything to avoid conflict. I will uh, basically just put my head down. I'm I'm not going to get a real job because this is kind of working right now. I am not lazy, but like, I don't just, really want, I don't know. It was just perfectly just happy to stay in her little lane, even though she felt shame around it. Right. Yeah. And it kept, it kept referencing like her, both her parents are very artistic. Both of her siblings were like, none of them ever had to go to college because they found their pursuits like really early in life. So she was like the late bloomer that mm-hmm. was about to get kicked off her parents uh, insurance. And she was like <laughs> floundering like, okay, what am I going to do? I really need to get my life together. So yeah, I'm trying to think what goes next. Um, um, oh, so yeah. So then she calls, she ends up calling Peter, the father, Peter comes down, identifies that's his daughter, kind of sends her um, on her way, and Amira comes back. Um, and this is really where Alix starts almost like fantasizing over her. I kept thinking, like it was, it was, uh, it was such an interesting relationship where Amira, like I said, was just super nonchalant, like oh, okay, and she was like, no, here's here's some really expensive wine. Would you like a glass? Mm-hmm. Let, let's have a seat. Tell me about your Friday night. Who are you going to hang out with, hun? Oh, really? And the level of wanting to be cool and just like seeking her validation as if she was like the most prized possession, yeah, it got a bit weird. Alix's whole thing is that she doesn't really have like a circle in Philadelphia and she actually really doesn't care for the people that she has met like they're not you know in line with who she was friends with in new york city which that part of it was believable to me like i i get it like these people felt very like fake to her but then on the other hand amira is watching her and these people and she's like wow they're actually like really nice and you're just being rude to them and again i like kind of felt myself being checked a little bit of like when you have had a really close group of friends or whatever and so you become a little bit of a snob about people that you're not immediately clicking with um but I think because of that she like in her brain decides that she's going to take Amira under her wing and that if she could only connect with her then Amira could be the best friend that she always wanted and I mean, it's not far-fetched in the book, but there's not like a there's not like a direct reason why she's interested in Amira. In fact, Amira gives her almost zero feedback. So maybe it's just like a challenge to her at that point. It absolutely had to be because she it was like the it was just never ceasing to me. So <laughs> I worked I worked as a nanny and I had a good I had a really good relationship I feel like with mom. But it was completely professional. The only time that it ever crossed um, from like maybe like where she got really emotional kind of thing was like talking to me was the day that I was leaving. So I just was Mm -hmm. like, I cannot imagine. I I just could not. It was just it was too much. And I also loved how 
Amira was very perceptive. She was aware mm-hmm. what, she, what was happening. She knew that she was trying to kind of really like wedge her way inside. And she just was like, okay, well, you know, you can kind of give me these things, but yeah, it's not really changing. Like I'm not really here to be your friend. I'm Briar's friend and you're just my employer and just kept it professional to, as much as she could. Well, and she read that lady because, I mean, Alix had shown no interest in anything but just, like, take this kid off my hands until this incident happened, which now makes her interesting. And maybe even, like, something that Alix could use professionally. And so she's like, yeah, you've never asked me these questions before. Why do you care now? I think this is a good time to kind of transfer to Amira and Briar's relationship which is one of my favorite parts of the whole book I loved that Amira had a true love and just like was so nurturing towards Briar so many times in babysitter kind of when the when babysitter tales come up in movies or whatever it's very much like Oh, this is my job. My kid, this kid is weird. This kid is annoying. Even in my own life, I've had plenty of people who are like moms who are watching other people's kids and they'll complain about the kids, which I get. Like it, kids are annoying. Yeah. But it was refreshing to see her like delight in all of the weird, quirky things that Briar did. And she says over and over again that like, this is one thing that she is really good at, which is connecting and taking care of this little person. I think she actually says at one point, it's the only thing she's good at. So (laughs) she really kind of specifies that like, this is like, she doesn't want it to be her calling because she's not making enough money and she doesn't really feel proud of herself. But at the same time, it's something that, like, she's proud of her skill, just not proud that that's her career. <laughs> um, Briar was a, she was, she was just so fun. She was, like, it kind of reminds me of my kids, except for she was way, way quirkier, where it's like, where do feathers come from? How do they get wet? Um, can we put <laughs> raisins in our belly button and then eat, you know, like, just totally mm-hmm. odd off the wall like little kid things and I was like oh well and the <laughs> fact that she's like obsessed with smelling tea bags and so like Amira always has tea bags in her bag because she knows it will like <laughs> it will like, keep her occupied strange children all kids are weird but yeah to love a child to that level of weird I, it did really it did make um, Amir very, very special to me. Yeah, it made, it made Amir more likable. And it really sold the fact that, you know, this job isn't perfect. But I, I, I identify with, I identify with feeling very loyal to something for much less than that. So, so if I had like an emotional tie to a child, it would be really hard for me to leave that situation. Especially she calls it out. That like the baby is the favorite and that they that the mom doesn't treat Briar maybe the way that Amira feels that she should be treated. And so she feels like she needs to be there for her. This was so, so and two, two different things. First part, as a parent, it cut me to my core because the thought mm-hmm. of my children feeling, you know, like I'm, I'm not the favorite hurts me so badly but the second part is it was also like she would mention how she was really a great mother because Mm -hmm. I kind of think 
I was thinking like, okay, this like rich, uh, snobby woman and like, you know, like how she'd be almost like a bit mean to her child is kind of like what I would have thought. But Amira actually says like how she kind of runs into her accidentally and like she's really attentive and she's actually a great mother. But it's just that, yeah, she kind of like dotes upon the baby and so she goes off to New York and she's got the little baby and, you know, she's like, okay, well, see you later, brah. You know, I'll, I'll see yeah. 12 hours kind of thing. So, yeah, she definitely plays favorites, but it's still a good attentive mother. So it's like, okay, I guess that's a good distinction. Well, and it's something that I can relate to of like when you're not a mom versus when you are a, a real mom, like it, I, I'm sorry, but when you have a brand new little baby, those hormones kick in and you can love your children to death and still want to haul your baby off to your baby cave. Like that's, it just happens. It definitely happens for me. And it's hard. It's hard to juggle those intense emotions and needs of a little small infant with a toddler who is also very needy. But I did understand kind of where Alix was coming from. I mean, she's obviously not perfect and she can do better. But I do think that Amira not being a, mo- a mother yeah. makes a difference. No, I agree with you because I also... I definitely didn't understand it from that perspective until I had my third child because my, you know, my second pregnancy had my little baby and it was just like, I felt specifically, I felt like I had to teach my kids who were only two and a half such deep boundaries of like, we don't hit, you know, we don't poke the baby's (laughs) eye. We don't pull her arm. You don't hit her on the head. Like, and so it was just easier for me to kind of like, you know, push them off to do something with my husband and be like, okay, I will protect you and put you in this safe space because you cannot be safe otherwise. Yep. Yeah. But um, Okay. So let's, let's talk about Amira and Kelly. Yes, yes, yes. So Amira kind of runs into him on the train one day and she uh, actually kind of, he, he wants to know right away, like, okay, well, what did you decide to do? Did you quit? And he's really shocked that she's still there. And again, she's kind of downplaying it where it's like, you know, they uh, they didn't really push me to go to the store. Like, you're making it a bigger deal. And he ends up um, meeting up with her later for drinks. They end up really hitting it off. They go home, hook up, and kind of stay in contact with one another. And being the romantic that I am, I was immediately like, yes, honey. Love the sound of Kelly. Tall. I know. <laughs> Why did I immediately think of let's throw it back here love is blind my favorite couple which couple are you talking about the only ones that are like i can see true true love oh my gosh cameron cameron what okay hold on cameron hamilton is their last name there because it's like meet the hamiltons hold on right hold on we will find this out cameron hamilton her last name is speed I remember this. Lauren, We're getting closer. Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. I immediately thought, oh, this is going to be Cameron and Lauren together forever. You realize that Kelly's a little bit older than her, like six or seven years or something. Um, and he definitely comes off as like a little bit of a social justice warrior because he's very he really wants her to do something about like use this moment in the grocery store is leveraged to be like make something of it 
Um, but he does delete it off his phone and he doesn't, you know, overstep the boundaries there. So I was definitely rooting for their relationship. Um, but very quickly, there is a twist that comes in, which I loved this twist in that Kelly and Alix dated in high school and had a bad breakup. And it has lingered a big time with Alix. Like she really is a she is a grudge holder to to an extreme extent. Like she just what's the word I'm looking for? She really lets things fester. And it's the same with the Amira thing. It's like this fixation, which maybe that's why she's so good at her job because she's so passionate. But my gosh, the way that she fixates on Kelly is just next level insane. Yes. She is a determined woman. Um, My note for whenever the twist happened is my mouth, and then I put in all caps, dropped open. Because <laughs> it really did. I did not see it coming. Maybe, you're right. It was like one of those complete, you, you should have seen it coming. Did not, not from a mile away. Because Alix and um, Amira are two completely different type of women. So I just didn't see it. But yeah, Alix talks about, and so we hear the story from two different perspectives. Alix tells mm-hmm. her her best friends her most embarrassing moment, which has to do with Kelly. And then Amira and Kelly are talking about, like, previous exes. And he talks about, like, oh, my gosh, I dated the richest woman in school. And she, or, and she was so rich that she didn't realize that you had to put your own luggage in the uh, overhead bins. And then meanwhile, <laughs> her poor little story, it was, there was quite a lot of layers to it. Alix talks about how her parents um, basically inherited some money. They found out that her grandparents were cremated as opposed to just having a regular, you know, casket burial. So they sue, make a ton of money by a crazy McMansion, but they're also like as trashy as can be. And like, they don't clean up (laughs) after the dogs and they're... Why did why did true religion genes immediately like flash into my brain? But she talked about like the monogrammed sandals and then the um the Lily Pulitzer like over like mm-hmm. jacket. I was like, kill me. Like the <laughs> this to me is like a complete wealthy southern woman. I can see yeah. this woman. I see the hair tees in my eyes. Like I know <laughs> who this woman is. And they're in like the they're in Philadelphia, but apparently the country club culture is universal. Right. And so let's see. Um, so yeah, she and oh my gosh, this killed she writes Kelly all these love notes. She she wrote this man her address, the code to her house, <laughs> and the song that she wanted to lose her virginity to. I was already like, okay, this is too much. Oh, when she said count listen, Kippen, counting crows. <laughs> I did I scream did I yell I don't know I did something because I had a visceral reaction where I was like hold the hell on (laughs) the hollering anyways that lied to kill me it was so perfect like who among us at 18 would not have done something so extra it's just so dumb oh my gosh and not only does 
so Kelly claims he doesn't have it, and but who does have it is Robbie Davenport, five foot five volleyball star. I was like, wait a minute. I know the fact that Stop. he lost his volleyball school scholarship. I was like, to where? Like North Dakota University? Like it was. They what? what it was. It was like George Mason. I'm like, oh my huh? gosh, he must have been amazing. <laughs> I know. I was like, five five. At least Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's a volleyball star, and right? He, and, but he's supposed to be like six five, like some big, huge man. And yes. I'm like, what? Aren't all volleyball players humongous? But anyway. <laughs> anyway, Robbie gets a hold of this letter. He's like the most popular boy in school and has a huge personality. So he basically approaches Alex at this point and says, hey, like, can we party at your house? I got this blah, 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 blah. Alex is like, no, don't you dare. And then freaks out on her boyfriend because why does he have my note? Blah, blah, blah. So they go back to the house, they do their thing to Counting Crows, and then Robbie and all of his friends show up at her house, and they get in the pool, and they're playing and doing all this junk, and it's like, at some point, I'm like, why don't you go outside and tell them to leave, Uh, or you are going to call the cops? She immediately jumps to okay she's there with her sister and her um her i guess like live-in housekeeper maid type person um who also happens to be black and she's like oh should we call the cops and she's like yeah call the cops i want them gone and it's like i i get it i would be mortified if this happened to me if people rolled up at my house and i felt like i was going to get in trouble with my parents all this stuff but it's like have the guts to actually go outside and have a conversation, right? These, these are her peers. This is yes. I, I do get it if it's like people you don't know. Right. But people you do know, it's kind of like wouldn't you be like, wait a minute, I literally told you don't come here. Like you need to leave. Yes. I, yeah. It was kind of a lot of, of Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the police come they arrest Robbie he loses his scholarship like all this stuff happens and she becomes a complete pariah at school and even worse the like day after they have sex for the first time Kelly breaks up with her in a really like dramatic yes dramatic way a very public way he definitely was not nice about it but at the same time is very very high school Right. And he also talks about like how Robbie is so cool and like how like not that he is cool like he's a cool guy but <laughs> like a popular guy but like he's right. so fun like he's exciting like he's someone he wants mm-hmm. to get to know. And so through that the two of them end up becoming like great friends there or he's in his wedding and like they have like a great relationship. So he definitely rides that uh he rides that wave yeah and exactly alix really highlights that that like oh he was just using them to social climb he he was never cool before and now he's so cool and honestly i believe her like i totally believe that that's what he did but again it's not super black and white with either of them and we'll come to know more later um but anyway nobody knows at this point that they're all interconnected um but i don't know are we but skipping over anything not the great to go to thanksgiving yeah so <laughs> alix like 
has plotted this out. She has all her friends coming over for Thanksgiving and she is literally like busting a gut because Amira is supposed to go home for Thanksgiving and she gets snowed out. You should know. I mean, one of the things that I thought was so devious is that Alix was constantly looking at Amira's phone, which was so gross. Like, if she was so petty and like teenage about this whole thing, where she she wasn't trying to like break into her phone, but she would read her text messages if they were on her home screen, or she just gave her no privacy. And it was always like, oh, I just want to know more about her so I can make her like me. Right. And she definitely did things like try to find her social media, which she didn't yeah. have. But that is such a different level of like. Like yes. she she crossed the line from like being interested to almost like stalking to a bit yes. where it was like way too intrusive into this woman's life. Mm-hmm. So imagine my excitement when on Thanksgiving Day we've got the full caterers, they've got her four or her three besties and their families are in town. She knocks on the door, open it up, <laughs> and there is Kelly and Alex slash Alix. Staring each other eye to eye, dumbfounded. What I loved the best about this point, Kippen, was whenever it went into Alix's inner monologue and she had thought of all the scenarios of how she wanted to see him. How she yes. wanted to kind of like do the hair flip and be like, oh, you you need advice on like the best cheap cocktails in the city? Honey, let me tell uh. you. Tell, you know, and then like walk away and be like, bye, hun. Like, I just was like, who hasn't done this at one point in their life it pains me (laughs) it pains me of how often i would see myself in a leaks i was just like (laughs) right it's stopping kylie reed pulled out such a vile characteristic in all of us where it's like Mm -hmm. you whenever you see someone that you don't really want to see how do you you want to have the upper hand you want to be like the superior you want to look cool you want to look at your best Another thing I've got to mention, this book talks a lot about like different, like very specific things where it was talking about height. Alix is 5'10", and she keeps on how she's 141 pounds, but she's only eight pounds away from her pre-baby weight, and she's got to get there. And And I was like, she's 5'10", like, oh my gosh. I know. I was like, it was, I mean, I like, again, again, relatable in this like New York mindset of like, got to keep up. But I was like, oh my gosh, like a a little slobbish, like. How about her friends? Her friends are also calling her out for being fat. I'm like, oh, <sighs> toxic. The, the worst interventionist. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. 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 So anyway, yes. at the dinner, I love that they both end up showing their tail. Like they both act like idiots and kind of sneak in little barbs when they can. Um, I also, sh- Kelly starts to show maybe a little bit of his true colors when you know he immediately tells amira as soon as he can like hey that's my ex-girlfriend like let's leave and they can't leave and you know i love the moment where alix has like all of her friends in the closet and she's like what the freak do i do type thing (laughs) um but at one point somebody asks amira how her and kelly met and she's like oh we met on the train which is true. That's when they went on their first date, but they actually met, you know, in the grocery store. And Kelly goes out of his way to like bring up the whole story. And 
kind of use that as like a vehicle. I don't know. I, I've really felt like it was embarrassing to Amira and he knew that and he still did it. And I'm like, that's when I started maybe doubting his character a little bit. You definitely can pick up that um, Alix and Kelly both really care about Amira, but mm-hmm. they don't really have her best interests at heart. They have right. their own interests and what they believe to be true because, yeah, he's constantly like bringing up this video and trying to be her warrior whenever she's really like, hey, tone it down. I don't want or need this. So, yeah, he definitely disregards her a lot. <laughs> and Alix does pretty much the exact same. And you know what? At first I was like, shoot, I'd be sending that video all over the place and making a huge stink. But Amira actually shows a lot of maturity when she's like, the last thing I want is I'm trying to get a job or I'm trying to do literally anything. And someone, you know, Googles my name. And the first thing they see is me in a grocery store in my clubbing outfit, like being harassed. Right. And it's true, like that this stuff never goes away on the internet. And too, and she was giving it back to him too. Like, not that it wasn't yeah. unwarranted, but also people, even like in the book, it talks about like people twisting it in a way mm-hmm. that's like, oh, you were wearing that and you thought that was appropriate to be around kids. Right. In, where it's like, pretty much no matter what, it's just can go either way. Um, I also love the scene for uh, going back to Thanksgiving <laughs> where poor little bra is like throwing up a stool or like throwing up. And then they're all trying to, like, you know, salvage this dinner and, like, run to, like, have a cup to, like, you know, get the vomit and, like, move it away. Because I'm like, honestly, I have used my own hands in the middle of Disney World to save, like, like you know, it just, for whatever reason, I'm literally, like, catching it in my hands. And then I'm like, why did I do this? Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. So that, like, instinctual gotta stop the vomit it was just like man spot on i know um and so after this there's kind of a cascade of amira in the middle and then kelly and aleeks on either side trying to lightly at first and then very heavy-handedly tell her why she needs to break contact with the other person or quit her job or break up with him or whatever. Um, and I don't know if you were in this situation, what would you do? Because I feel like I'd be the exact same as Amira with like, you know what? Okay, fine. You dated like 10 years ago. Okay, cool. Bye. Like this is still my job. If you know what, if it was me, honestly, I think I would have just quit my job. And, but, but I mean, it's just because of your boyfriend. I mean, if I, so at this, so really shortly afterwards, he starts telling her that he loves her. She Mm -hmm. feels pretty much like she thinks she does. I honestly was like, my first thought was, I would be like, Hey, I love you too. I don't, this doesn't need to be permanent. Can I move in with you? I was kind of like, why did this never happen? Because the main thing is like, she needs money for her bills. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, um, but yeah, she just, to me, there was like some kind of obvious solutions to either get out of the job or either get away from him that she never really pursued. So I just was kind of like, Hmm, but I think I definitely would have quit if I would have been pressured right, you know, by both sides. I think that 
for me, Amira is very much like when she gets to something that she's comfortable in, it's just so hard for her to move on. And again, she feels so loyal to Briar. I, I almost feel like she feels like the job is 99% Briar so she can deal with the 2% of saying like hello and goodbye to Briar's parents, you know? You just did 101%, but oh. yes, you're <laughs> well you know what the chamberlains go at 101 percent. but yeah you're totally right and that's kind of why she doesn't go in with it um but alix hits up her friends and it's like okay what should i do and they're like oh yeah you gotta influence her to like leave her man and whatever her friends there was just like a big difference to me like her friends not one were they toxic they gave the absolute worst advice like, mm-hmm. I just kept being like, what? Like, why would she need to know from 15, literally 15 years ago that he broke up with her and that he, that he didn't tell her about a letter that had like her address and stuff. I'm like, yeah, sure. He probably shouldn't have. But if he's 17 years old, I just was kind of like, I'm, am I missing something? Why it, no, would it she was need so, to know it was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. I think it's just like she was still so the other weird thing is the entire time Alix just keeps thinking about how attractive Kelly is and how handsome he looks and how she's still like has a almost like has a crush on him I don't know she is very unstable this woman has spent 15 years of her life telling herself that he's she goes in deep yeah. details about how he's yeah. ruined her life and how no one wants to be her friend because she's so despised. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, how can you despise someone this much? And then every two seconds be like, oh, my gosh, he put his arm around a mirror. That should be me. I'm like, yeah. oh, what? So, yeah, so crazy. Th- and then the absolute most crazy moment to me is when she does kind of say all this to Amira and Amira doesn't take it. She's like, okay, well, thanks. Like, Listen, no, let me know. And then that, I she, that's not as crazy as whenever uh, she meets up with Kelly. When yes, she goes, that moment. When she I'm marches like, to okay, his job. You've lost your mind. Well, the, the, I'm, I'm like stunned for words. So I'm trying to think what I want to say, <laughs> but what was the point? You need to tell her about this letter. I love yeah. her. You should tell her anyways. And I'm like, what? So gross. <laughs> yeah. You're inserting yourself in her life far too much, honey. I can't imagine that. And also, I thought it was, I mean, I guess everything after this happened kind of quickly. But because that very night is when, like, they go to the club and everything. But if I was Kelly, I would have been blowing up Amira's phone, being like, your psycho boss just tracked me down at work screamed at me for half an hour about something that may or may not have happened you know 15 years ago uh you gotta go like you need to because i think that would have convinced amira you're right but this is her birthday so i do kind of get it where it's like okay she's gonna be there till 7 p.m i don't want to ruin her birthday her boss is absolutely a nutcase but i can deal with it and we'll, you know, I'll eventually get around to it. So I see it, but yeah, she she just literally lost her mind. Also, she gets home and finds out she has left Catherine 
at the house mm-hmm. by herself in her <laughs> fit of rage for justice for Amira. I just was like, honey, this should be a wake up call for you to get out of Amira's life. But I instead know. she does the opposite. She realizes that she's left her, um, her email account open. She sends herself the email. She, of course, deletes all evidence of it. And she has it leaked. So yeah, the, the video. video. And it just goes back to nobody listens to what Amira wants. She, yep. just, she just doesn't want to deal with this. She's like the only person of color. She's going to have the backlash. And possibly what this woman's considered as a reward as well. But it's like she doesn't want anything. She just wants it to die and to let it go. And no one cares because they feel like they need to be her champions. And at the beginning, I said there's no, like, clear villain, but obvious. I'm like, never mind. Alix is psycho. Like, I, I just can't see how anyone could justify this. And it's really weird to me because for for whatever reason, like, her little friends back her up in all of this. Like, you did the right idea you did the right thing in years from now she's gonna thank you for releasing this video you're gonna change her life it's the best thing that could have ever happened to her again terrible advice and (laughs) no one's thinking of a mirror all they're all like oh this is gonna boost career it's like but she's happy where she's at it's not and they even say like oh she doesn't have the support and the um the determination that our daughters would have, but that's okay mm-hmm. because we're going to get her there kind of thing. And you're like, no. Yeah. So of course, poor little um, Amira has no idea. She's off celebrating her birthday with her best girls and her boyfriend, Kelly. And it, it really like pops off and like, it's going viral. And she goes into like a big, she just spirals. She just a, and yeah. Her friend, Shawnee, who is a good friend to her, is basically like, you know that Kelly did this because he's the only one that had their phone and she kind of fans that flame of just being like, it has to be him and they steal his phone and they notice that it's like, it's not been deleted from some obscure folder on his phone or whatever. And so she immediately leaves and there's this whole drama and because of it, she plays right into Alix's plan which is for them together to go on local news as a reaction to this viral video. Right. Um, I got to say, Alix played her cards just right. Mm-hmm. She she um, realizes that Amira, like she needs to kind of like sweeten the pot. So she gives her a opportunity to have a full-time um, gig. She's going to have benefits. You know, she's going to have holidays. And Amira's like, wow, like this is what was making me you know, kind of going to leave the job, like one part Kelly, well, we're broken up. And then two parts that I need to kind of have a big girl job. So she's like, Oh, like I can kind of have it all. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be a um, Zara Stan for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Zara is Amira's best friend. She's mentioned several times throughout the book. And she's really, she talks about like how she is this, she's like a caretaker. And she also talks about, Listen, Kylie Reed hit it on the like hit the nail on the head about how she's afraid that her kind of her other friends are gonna almost like usurp her in Zara's eyes. How Zara is like such a wonderful person and how she's almost like she's trying to keep her claws in her where she's like, She's my bestie and I'm really scared that one day she's not gonna realize that I like amount up to her and I don't mm-hmm. want her to leave me. And I 
a hundred percent have had these exact same feelings with some of my best friends. Like just where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love them so much. And I hope they're not going to think that I'm like not as cool or not as fun or not as whatever. So I was like, man, anyways, hit the nail yeah. on that one. Cause even though it's interesting where you can have so much in common with your group of friends and it feels like you're all on the same level, but they get up and go to their corporate jobs or their nursing jobs or whatever. And they want to go to Mexico for their birthdays. And like, you're scraping together pennies just to make that happen. And yeah, I get it. It's hard. It's so hard when you're in a different phase of life than your really, really close friends. And I'm sure Amira just like feels a lot of shame. And I don't know. Yeah, anyway, I loved Zara too. And Zara actually comes with her to this interview. And that's kind of where the bottom falls out. <laughs> Thankfully. Yes, Zara overhears the conversation between Alix and a friend. And she's questioning, did she do the right thing? And Zara puts it together. And I, I wish I had to say the exact quote, but she's basically like, you've got to get off this plantation. Yeah. You cannot do this. You are not this person. You are not going to like be the mammy and yep. it's time for you to get out of here. Um, and I love what, like, what I love the best about her is you're right. I do believe strongly that she is a nine, be- Amira, because I am yes. as well. And the way that Zara went in and took charge and was like, you're fixing to find a new job. Get, give me, give me your options. No, you're not going to do this. No, you're not. Like, this is a perfect job. Like, and then, like, the whole time while she's on the phone, she's coaching her for what, you know, what salary she wants to get. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, and, like, she basically, she is the, um, she just sets it up. Yes. And she (laughs) sets it up so that she can actually leave because she knows, like, this is a foul place. Like, she can't do it anymore. Now, I wish, I wish that she had taken all of Zara's advice because even though I loved the setup for that, I did not love how the interview went. And I actually don't totally understand why she ended it the way she ended it because she like went halfway there. Like she left a barb. She kind of threw some shade but she didn't drag her the way she needed to in order to protect herself I actually felt like what happened was maybe more damning in the long run to uh, to Mira yeah so yeah in the interview I I kind of thought that she couldn't go too hard because Alix well and Briar was right there which I guess the main thing I thought was like Alix Everything besides the um, uh, the the leaking of the tape was pretty underhanded. She mm-hmm. didn't do outright right. terrible, terrible things. It was like it was almost like a series of microaggressions, as opposed to like one big, huge um, yeah. fu kind of moment. Where I just kind of thought, like, okay, so she couldn't hardly like you know what I mean like she couldn't point to like one big thing other than her leaking this but mm-hmm. a lot of people would see like okay she leaked it but it was for your benefit so I just kind of thought right. like maybe she couldn't go 100% there but by what she said whatever her name is um Alix said like oh my gosh like you embarrassed me you embarrassed my name um mm-hmm. you shamed me and my company and like how could you do this so I felt like okay she took it personally enough that it was effective 
Yeah. One thing I love about the end of this book, though, is that so she basically broke up with Kelly when she thought that he um, had leaked the tape. And one thing that Alex had told her and she didn't really believe was that he fetishized black culture and that he wasn't really interested in her. He was interested in who she was and what she represented. And I mean, I, I understand how that's so offensive to be like, actually we have a really good relationship and we enjoy each other's company. So back off. Um, but they never get back together after that. And part of it is because, Amira hates conflict, right? And like, I don't think there's anything, any way that she was going to go back after that. But I actually really appreciated how the rest of this book turned out. It wasn't like Amira, you know, rose from the ashes and rode the wave of success all the way to the top. She kind of stayed on a similar rising, but still slow trajectory where, you know, she got a new job and then another new job, but it took her a really long time to kind of get to where her other friends were because of her personality. But then later she sees Kelly and like his black girlfriend at a market or something. And I think it kind of clicks in her that that actually was true to a certain extent. Like he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't in the relationship in the same way she was because he always wanted her to change and be more and do more and it was always more about his idea of what she should be and not who she really was she absolutely goes in on this idea that Alix and kelly they read each other exactly right mm-hmm. but they also never saw their own flaws so <laughs> Alix really did want like black women to like take care of her and see them and like like okay you're a caretaker and mm-hmm. I'm not racist because I love you and you're a black person, even though like she would do like really crappy things towards him or treat him like in a poor way. And then Kelly did the exact same thing, but they just couldn't see their own flaws. So I, whenever I got, when I finished the book, I was sad about um, her and Kelly because I was kind of like, oh man, like I really kind of wanted her to have a relationship because it never really mentions her having a relationship, it talks about her yeah. career. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that sounds actually really gross because like if she ended up with Kelly and it also talks about the girlfriend very briefly, it talks about how she's like, they're at a farmer's market and she sells her own essential oils. And, <laughs> yeah. all, and I'm like, this is nothing like a mirror. Like, this, no, I can't even. So then it was like, okay, it really wasn't for her. It was, but you can, you can so. almost see though on the outside, how Kelly was trying to mold her into that person of like, right. you should do an op-ed about this. You should, you know, like release a video where you talk about it and become this like leader and da da da. I don't know. He's, he's gross on a different level. It's just like it's, a weird, creepy vibe. It really was something that as a white woman, it made me think like, my goodness, like, because neither of these people were your, they're not your type of racist that big dramatic things. It's like, it really can be such simple, small things. And just a matter of like, not treating people as your equals. And I just was like, wow, (laughs) it's like so eye opening. There was a moment earlier in the book where Kelly just like, is he's telling a story trying to represent a 
prototypical racist person. But while he's telling the story, he says the N-word and it really takes Amira back. But she's like, I guess this is fine. Like she doesn't even know how she feels about it. But it was like you see these little seeds all along where he feels like he's above it somehow. That also was something that literally, even as a reader of a fictional book, shocked me. Yeah, (laughs) it really did. I was like, anyway, love this book. I will say a slight content warning. There's a lot of language in this book. um, A lot of F-words, mainly. I don't know what to say besides the fact that it's how a lot of people actually talk. So if that's an issue for you, maybe skip it. But other than that, I loved the book. Yeah, it was a, it like we're, I feel like we're talk we talked a lot about the hard, um, d- like difficult topics, but it really was a fun book. There was a mm-hmm. lot of like funny little humor. There were some perfect, like spot on, like girl gang kind of uh, mm-hmm. comments that just had me cracking up. A lot of good, like mom content, some toxic mom content, but yeah. <laughs> definitely worth the read and i'm really grateful that you suggested this book kip and it was so fun all right so what do we have coming up so we are going to be doing beach read by emily henry it is going to be our last one of season three and then we're ready to bust out season four and we'll get on a list very soon um and we'll release that and i really hope that you'll listen or read along with us and then listen in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five-star review.